As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to a lively edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. We're coming out of the break. Jovan Buhas here. He's refreshed. The Lakers are rejuvenated. The Warriors don't look rejuvenated. Um, and that was kind of the story tonight. I mean, it's just two teams somewhat nearby in the standings. The Warriors, I don't know, what are they up now? A few, a few games on the Lakers at this point. But they're trending right now in opposite directions. The Lakers got some deadline pickups that are clearly helping three starters at the deadline which is pretty uh you know rare and their two stars are healthy and they look like they could be in for a nice little run here and it started with a a pretty easy win over the Warriors who didn't get anything that's helping at the deadline with Gary Payton hurt um and you know no Steph Curry for a little bit more still no Andrew Wiggins kind of an unknown timeline with him and they just don't look very good and the Lakers were clearly better and now you you have pulled up the standings how close are the Lakers to the Warriors Lakers are a game and a half back Warriors are now in 10th so they're right there on the precipice of half game over OKC to be in the play-in tournament right now so this was a huge win for the Lakers that they've gone three and one since their deadline moves um with the one loss coming in Portland uh, where they're shorthanded, no LeBron and AD. So, or I think AD played no LeBron, but um, yeah, I mean, they, they look so much better since, you know, especially the, the, the rust part of the trade uh, and, and bringing in three starters. Um, and, and tonight, you know, I think the, the way they won, like obviously Warriors playing with, with no Steph and, and Andrew Wiggins, but uh, LeBron had his worst offensive performance of the season, 5 of 20, uh, season low, 13 points. Uh, AD had 12 points, 3 of 5 from the floor. D'Lo goes out in the first quarter with, with an ankle sprain. So, like, theoretically, the Lakers' three best players or, or three at least best offensive players, you know, have either non-existent or, or off nights, and they still are up by 20, you know, well into the fourth quarter. So, uh you know, again, they technically had their stars and the Warriors didn't, but I felt like it kind of went beyond that where it was more of just these two teams are trending in different directions currently. And um, I know, you know, I think they play one more. Two more times. Two, two more times. Two more times. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the Lakers just got life, right? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, got some new guys at the deadline. There's a belief that, that you know, maybe contention for at least, you know, playing spot, you know, threaten somebody in round one. I'm sure LeBron has bigger picture ideas than that, like is ahead of them where the Warriors are, you know, they're kind of sitting back hoping they could tread water long enough for Steph Curry to save them, essentially. Um, but I'm not even sure there's that strong of belief that that, is is in the cards but you know one of the things tonight i mean it was very obvious from the tip like the size disadvantage that the warriors had you know and steve kerr decides to go smaller uh sits looney coming you know they're 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 playing a front line where it's basically clay kaminga draymond against lebron davis jared vanderbilt i mean that's a huge size mismatch and it's not like they got like pummeled on the glass or whatever but it's just the warriors are just taking a bunch of quick threes just chucking really and then they're hacking a bunch and you know i think hacking goes along with being the smaller team although they would also just blame themselves for just lack of discipline reaching in when they don't have to reach in uh and that's to you know talking to people post game that's again two of the issues that they continue to point to but it's not there's just such an exasperation even like within the conversations about it because it's like yeah you know we're talking about this again and it was supposed to be different coming out of the break yeah, uh, and this is obviously, you know, this is the second time the Lakers have beat the Warriors in the past, what, week and a half, uh, and really beat them convincingly uh, the, the second time in, in the last week and a half. So they didn't they play to open the season? Yeah. Okay, so they only have one more game. They have one more out it's in like, here. It's like next week or something. Yeah, so, so yeah. like what, when they come back from, Lakers have a, a three-game road trip. Sunday ABC game for the, yeah. It's next Sunday, not this Sunday. Okay, so yeah, I mean that, that that's another big game. But I, I mean, I, I think fr- from the Lakers side, as you've said, like one of the themes post game from from everybody has just been the, the different energy, and, and you can read into that how you want to uh, of you know post deadline. But everyone is on the same page. I feel like this roster just makes a lot more sense. There, there's a lot of guys that complement each other, and um, you know, I, I think you, you've seen like I think it's tough to say they they have the. Warriors number but I feel like we, we have seen in, in recent years that LeBron and AD are really tough matchups and you know, Draymond can't guard both of them right and I think Draymond defends AD probably as well if not better than anyone in the league but you still have LeBron to contend with and uh, I just think you know as we've seen that the Lakers have won I mean I don't know the record off the top of my head but it feels like they've won more than they've lost against the Warriors the last like two three years so um Maybe last year was an exception, but uh, yeah, I mean, it just—I feel like the, the front court matchup to me is kind of the the, the pivot point in, in these matchups. And uh, as you said, Lakers had the size advantage tonight. And even though LeBron AD didn't have big offensive nights, I think the attention they, you know, demand created those open looks for Malik Beasley, Austin Reeves, Dennis Schroeder, and, and so on and so forth. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. 
David Yurman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yurman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Yeah, I mean, it's where the Warriors miss Wiggins. You know, you're talking, obviously, like you said, LeBron didn't have some explosive night, but um, they were they were the number two defense in basketball last season and a great defense in the playoffs because Wiggins was this two-way force, uh, and he really hasn't been that at all since he went out in December, like early, mid-December. Um, misses 15 games. The Dr. Shrank gets sick twice late in his recovery from that. Uh, comes back, he's in and out of the lineup, and then now he has this family matter which forced him to miss the last game before the All-Star break. And there was an expectation he would be back before the, you know, when when the Warriors returned Tuesday for practice in L.A. Still not back. They're being very private about the matter, which is fine. That's their right. Um, but he's not back tonight, not expected to play against the Rockets and you know you talk to people around the team there's not that much information about it but it doesn't they don't sound that optimistic that like you're going to see Andrew Wiggins very soon and that's a huge problem I mean you'd probably say he at least in the playoffs felt like their second best player second best players currently missing best player not out there um you know, Steve Kerr searching for lineups. He's trying to start Jonathan Kaminga. The Lakers are baiting Jonathan Kaminga into threes early, and that he misses a few. You can tell that kind of gets him off his game. He's not being the defensive force that he had been at times early this season, and it's just rotation problem after rotation problem that, you know, the dominoes start up top with no Steph, no Wiggins. Gary Payton's sitting over there unable to do anything, and it does feel like these teams have flipped roles a little bit. Where do you feel like the, the Warriors are at in terms of urgency? Because LeBron laid it out pretty clearly during All-Star Weekend where he said, like, th- these are the you know most significant 23 regular season games uh, of my surprising career. surprising quote. Yeah, and, and he added the qualifier of regular season, obviously, because, you know, dude's been to 10 finals, so you, you can't really say, can't really compare this to, to that. But, um, you know, I, I think... LeBron, Darvin Ham, AD, like everyone has made it clear they're not satisfied with being in 13th place. They they want to not only make you – know, they're, they're shooting higher than the play-in. They're, they're trying to get a top six seed, which yeah. is possible, like, you know, unlikely but possible uh, de- depending on how they close this. possible in the West. Like three seeds yeah. even possible. Yeah, so like th- they're going for that, and, and I think you've seen that they came out with urgency tonight. They, they were able to sustain a lead, which has been an issue, you know, kind of with the previous – version of this team was an issue all season um what where are the warriors at in terms of like the champ you know championship hangover kind of a veteran team that a relatively veteran team that has kind of been there like i almost feel like from, from afar it feels like they, they feel like a team that feels like they can flip the switch but you know it, yeah. you gotta have electricity to yeah 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 um so they say similar things, right? Like they they act like now is the time, but like it's not. You don't see it, um, and 
I don't know. That, I, I wouldn't call it a championship hangover. I, you know, I've said this all year. I just get this vibe that, like, last season was the pinnacle moment for so many of them, their careers, this dynasty, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it was the, it was the legacy cementing title for, for everyone involved. And uh, it took a lot out of them, I think, mentally, emotionally. Obviously, then, you know, this offseason, they've, they've kind of leaned in harder to this youth movement that, you know, has been mostly a swing and a miss. Uh, with Obviously, James Wiseman gets traded. You didn't see Moses Moody till garbage time tonight. You didn't see Patrick Baldwin until he was stroking threes at garbage yeah, he, time. He, yeah, he, he kind of got a little Michael Porter Jr. vibe yeah. to him. but um, He's huge. Yeah, he really is. Uh, but, you know, Kaminga's playing a little bit. But generally, I you just haven't. I think understandably in some ways, like last season just felt like the chase back. They wanted to prove to everyone that they weren't dead, that like, you know, the the Durant departure wasn't the end of the dynasty days. They, I think they proved a lot last season. That was like a pretty significant NBA title. Among yeah. historical NBA titles, it was up there um, for what it meant for a lot of them. And I just, I think it's been very hard for them to, turn it back on and i i have been saying that for a while now i just don't see it coming this season like last season they had rough patches during the regular season but you did felt if they were all there together the engine was there the motivation was there the hunger was there i just don't see it this year yeah i mean i I think you obviously have a much closer um you know read on them i I would say from afar like I, i do i feel like you know we're talking about the west being wide open like it it just feels like depending on how the, the playoff I mean first they got to get in which I think they will but I mean we'll, we'll see yeah. <laughs> we'll see uh, you know you, you I would assume o- OKC and Utah drop out maybe but oh no they played a thriller in Utah tonight yeah. they look they 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 are currently the Thunder the Jazz the Lakers name your Portland. team well not Portland well, had four stars out tonight and got okay. waxed by the Kings well, I was not sure what you were saying anyway so I was about yeah. They're all playing better than the Warriors right okay, now. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, the Thunder's playing better. The yeah. Jazz is currently playing better. Now, you're right in the sense of, like, there's more organizational motivation to pull the plug if that opportunity presents itself for the Jazz, for the Thunder. Like, you know, they they care a lot more about, you know, draft positioning in the future than squeaking in as an eight seed, whereas the Warriors, like, you know, they're going to use their pick, obviously, but... They're not going to tell Steph Curry, hey, we care more about... So, so, yeah, maybe at the end of the day that's enough in the final month. But right now, the Warriors aren't playing like one of the eight best teams in the West. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that, that's a good point. Like, I, I I think if they get in and the bracket breaks right, they can make a run. I think there are certain teams that they match up well with. But with... with you know the the way that they have played uh, up until this point this season, you, you were kind of expecting to see more at some point, and you just haven't really seen that from them. No, and uh, you know Memphis does not want to see them in the two seven. The Nuggets do not want to see them in the one eight. Those are the two teams I was thinking of specifically: Denver and Memphis. I, I think no ma- even if Golden State doesn't have home court and they're not playing well, like I, I think those are two matchups they can win. Yeah, I mean, look, that Memphis crowd and that Memphis team will be outwardly confident in game one, but they don't want the Warriors, particularly if the Warriors actually are healthy and whole, walking in there in game one, even if you're favoring uh, the home team. Uh, Anything else from this game? Not, no. Um, What what do you think of D'Angelo's fit with the Lakers? 
I think that I would be very hesitant to pay him long term. I but I you know as a one and a half month rental whatever it is, um, he, you know he is the big salary that replaces Westbrook's big salary, and he's just you know schematically a much better fit than Russell Westbrook because he can go stand over on the left wing while Davis and LeBron are working and hit a catch and shoot three. At, you probably have the number. I mean he's like a fantastic catch and shoot three point shooter. Which so he just spaces the floor more, um, you know he's a slower, less uh, electric defensive player than Russell Westbrook, but they're both equally as like bad for the defense. So it's yeah. like it's not necessarily a defensive downgrade from Russell Westbrook. It's a different type of yeah. bad defender. Um, so I think as a Russell Westbrook replacement, he makes more sense just because he straight up spaces the floor. And guess what? He's dragging along with him. A power forward in Jared Vanderbilt, who's good, high energy rotation upgrade, and a you know pretty elite shooter in Malik Beasley, streaky, but you know he can get really hot. He he was good tonight. Uh, so I mean the trade is such a home run as far as the ends, but you know my general point is. I'd be hesitant to say, hey, this worked out pretty good. D'Angelo, here's three years, $100 million or whatever it's going to cost. I mean, what is it going to cost? I don't even know what his market value would be. That, that I don't know. Um, I, I would guess at 20-plus million, you know, that ball. So, you know, four eighty some, you know, four years, 80-something, 90-something. Um, I, I feel like with the way – his last contract went and just kind of like the, the sheen has worn off him a, a bit and he's no longer considered that fringe all-star type that, that he was at, you know, before. So Warriors um, actually gave him that contract that he's ending. Right. I wasn't going to say anything, but uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it, it I, it's, it's tough. Cause the, the, there's a bit of a, you know, as uh, John Hollinger likes to say that the bird rights trap where, the Lakers, if they don't re-sign D'Angelo, um, they're probably going to re-sign. You know, they have multiple guys that they're going to want to keep. I think they're going to want to keep Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, going to try to re-sign Austin Reeves, maybe Rui Hachimura. And, like, at that point, because LeBron and AD already make so much, you're already going to be, you know, over the cap most likely. So uh, I think at that point it makes more sense to, to re-sign D'Angelo. Now there's the the – kind of grand plan of like do they go for Kyrie Irving or, or another star like besides Kyrie there really isn't anyone out there that that makes sense and, and kind of rises to that level it's not really a great free agent class so to me it's kind of like you, you go one of two paths of you, you go for Kyrie but then you're going to lose basically all the depth you just traded for and acquired at the deadline or you re-sign most of these guys and D'Angelo you probably have to resign, and then, you know, depending on how he plays, you can maybe flip him at the deadline. Well, so I mean, that's what the Warriors did, really. You know, you, they it's it's about, and that's just part of the bird rights trap. But it's about sit, preserving the salary slot, and they, you know, pretty. I don't want to say completely transparently because they try to act like D'Angelo might be a good fit, but I mean, in retrospect, and in it became pretty clear early on that it was just done to not even just preserve the salary slot, but to trade him to the wolves really because they knew they knew how obsessed minnesota was about getting him and it worked (laughs) they got andrew wiggins and jonathan kaminga and and so much particularly the wiggins side of that won him a title so um yeah i mean you're right they might end up having to pay him i wouldn't if i'm the lakers though i'm being slightly 
stingy in negotiations with him because I'm not sure if he's like straight up open market. He like some teams ready to just payday him because he was more appealing back then than he is now. I think I think it's it's you know the the more years you give him, the less annual you offer, and if you want to front load like two years, fifty million or, or something like that, and, and just say hey, we're gonna have a shorter deal line you up with LeBron and AD timeline wise and you know yes maybe it's it's a little bit of an overpay but you're, you're kind of just looking at it like we, we got to keep this player on, on you know got to keep the salary slot and, and then he's still probably tra- like I don't think that's an untradeable contract especially if you attach a, a draft asset to it yeah. um, so I think he, he's fit really well I think to your point uh, he can shoot outside 12 feet so that that's an improvement <laughs> at the well, point guard like spot he can stand on the left wing and the defensive player has to be like yeah. I kind of need to stay attached to him where with Westbrook it was the opposite right it was yeah. like funnel it to him it's also the way I, I think teams defend him in the pick and roll where like you can't go under him uh, on the pick and roll and like I think that just opens up different avenues with him and AD him and LeBron um, using him as a screener, like I, I think they're still kind of scratching the surface of, of different ways to use him, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, but and to your point, it wasn't just D'Angelo Russell. It came with you know Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley. Like really, those were the three player archetypes that the Lakers needed, and to, to get that rangy, athletic forward, to get a, a dead eye shooter, to get another ball handler to replace Russ in terms of like that role, like. I think it was a great deadline for them, and they're trending in the right direction. Like I, I think they got a tough road trip at, at Dallas, Memphis, and OKC. You're lucky to go two and one uh, on that trip. You know, probably more realistically going one and two. But if they can keep this going, like they might be passing the Warriors soon, right? Like they're, I think they're on the ascent. Warriors have the Rockets tomorrow night. I believe. I don't want to guarantee this, but I believe we're going to do a three-person podcast. Me, Marcus, and Tim. Uh, kind of a, a longer one. And that starts a five-game homestand. The Warriors are twenty-two and seven at home, and now seven and twenty-three on the road this season. That is the third worst uh, road record in the league. Only better than I believe the Rockets and Spurs. Every East Coast team has a better uh, road record. Uh, it starts a homestand that is Rockets, Timberwolves, Blazers, uh, Pelicans, Clippers. That's about as you know fortunate of timing for them but also like you know that's that's not completely cushy it's not rockets rockets spurs spurs but it's like they need to even without steph and probably without wiggins for at least part of it need to go at least three and two i think on this thing so uh rockets friday anything else you want uh anything to plug i uh, just read my work at the athletic on uh the lakers page and Follow me on all social media, including TikTok. I'm, I'm plugging my TikTok. Oh, yeah, uh, I like this. At Jovan Buha, J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. All right, uh, and, yeah, we will talk to you probably tomorrow night after it's kind of an important game against the Rockets, which sounds weird to say. <laughs>